for the reading of the Word of God coming out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be seated. That word, therefore, at the beginning of this passage, very important because therefore is saying because of what was just said, therefore the following is true. And if you say, well, uh, do I need to know what was before to know what this section says? Yeah, absolutely you do. And that therefore refers to that we are His workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared that we should walk in them. Because God prepared these things for us to live and be created in Christ, therefore the following is true for us. For a long time, Gentiles were considered outsiders, especially in the time of Christ. And the reason is, is because the temple was a place where God was worshipped. And at that time, they believed that they had access to God, but not the Gentiles. In the temple, where the worship was conducted, was separated from the rest of the outside of the temple, first of all, by the most holy place where only the priests went, then outside of that was where the men would go, and then outside of that was yet another court for the women, and between the court of the women and outside of that was a wall, about three feet high with a separating entryway about every 50 feet around that court of the women and the rest of the temple. And on the outside of that wall 
on the outside of the court of the women was called the court of the Gentiles. Anybody could go there. But every 50 feet where that entryway was, was a sign. And the sign said, if you are not a Jewish person and you are a Gentile and you enter into here, the penalty is death. You cannot enter. And so, pretty severe, pretty strict restrictions. They had a difference between who was a Jewish person and who was not. And the other thing that you need to know is when they were talking about their own people, people who were not pure, as in someone who married someone who was a Gentile or a non-Jew, they were considered Gentile as well. That's why Samaritans, mixed breed is what they called them, were not liked. And it's very true that that happened. And because of this, it was taught that Gentiles didn't have God. They had no place in God's kingdom. And so that's why that verse says that we have no God and no hope. I'm so thankful that the first Advent candle on most traditional wreaths is called the hope candle. Hope is the one thing God gives us that we need desperately. When we are brought near to God because of Christ, we are now able to come through the wall. Now, look, 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 think of it like this. When Jesus died, the curtain was torn in the holiest of holies. That gave us access directly to God. But if we couldn't get through the wall and through the women's court and through the men's court into the temple to where the veil was, what good would it do us? And so it said that in Jesus Christ, the wall was torn down. It no longer restricts us from God. I think that peace, that access to God, changed everything. Wouldn't you agree? It was only done by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that wall of division, which was there then, when Jesus died, things slowly began to change, even in the mind of the Jewish community. And I'll get to that in a minute. But Jesus spoke that he would create peace, and together we would be one in him, all of us. And I, I like verse 19, and I do want to draw you to that. It says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. When you are fellow citizens with the saints, now the saints that have gone on before, Abraham, Isaac, all those, when you're a member and fellow citizen with a saint, it makes you a saint. 
A saint isn't someone who's recognized as being special. There are some people who've been sainted, and we call them Saint Paul, Saint Francis, and, and etc. But every believer is a saint. Otherwise, when the saints go marching in, wouldn't include us, and it does. And so I'm thankful that saints include us. And our history then now includes those guys. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, before Christ, our history included our ancestors. But Christ opened us up, and get this, to a new bloodline. We are all one in the blood of Jesus Christ. We have a new bloodline flowing through us. We're blood related. I love that. In the family of God, we're all related by blood. Jesus' blood makes us one. I don't know if you ever thought about it like that, but I really like that. And so we, with all the people who believe, have become a holy temple to God. Together. Now what's interesting throughout history is we've always had divisions. You can see Russia and Ukraine. Now, with divisions in the world one side or the other, all these tensions and struggles and relationships, there can be divisions and things that divide. And the fact of the matter, Scripture says that Jesus Christ, when He comes and becomes real to you, those dividing walls start going down. In China, the Great Wall was built to keep the Mongolians out. That thing's huge. I've never been to it, but it's long and it's big. And for a while, it worked. And then, they figured out they could climb over it. So they had to hire sentries and put guards on the wall. And the guards would watch a certain area of the wall to keep the Mongolians from coming over, but more Mongolians kept trying to come over, so they had to get more guards. And sooner or later, you realize that a wall won't keep people out. Because nowadays they could just fly over. There's more ways to get over a wall than just climb it now. And so what used to work to divide now became something where they had to protect it with centuries and, and other ways as, as time went on to keep people they didn't want in out. It was a dividing wall. Well, the fact of the matter is those efforts no longer work if someone really wants to get over that wall. They can. And it's, it's just a testament in my mind to how people try not to get along and to, to be divided because of people who are different. But Jesus came to change that dynamic. Whatever divides us in any relationship, in any place in our life, Jesus Christ is trying to break that wall down. The Jewish community no longer thinks like they did back then. When you ask them about someone who's not a Jew, who's Gentile, they have different words for that now than Gentile, but they still use that word. And you ask them, are they able to be a part of the kingdom of God? And here's their answer. There's two ways. One is you can become a Jew and then keep all 613 laws. Or you can just keep the covenant God made with Noah. 
There were different covenants throughout time. The Adamic covenant with Adam, the Abrahamic covenant he made with Abram, and then what he made with Noah. And it's called the Noahic covenant. And I'm glad because Noahic would be bad. And they said if you keep being non-Jew, keep those seven requirements of the Noahic covenant, then you're welcome in the world to come. And those seven requirements are part of the Ten Commandments. I list them. There's establishing courts of justice. That's not in the Ten, but that's one thing God told Noah to do. And then the others. Not curse God, no idolatry, no incest or adultery, no murder, no stealing, and do not eat the flesh of a live animal. So we have all those seven. If we keep them faithfully, according to the Jewish community, even without a relationship with Jesus, they believe there's a place in the world to come for us. And I believe that their resistance to the Gentiles broke down after Jesus. That they began to see that God really was a God of love. But there's one phrase that the Jewish community never says to each other or to anybody else. And do you know what that phrase is? They never say God loves you. They don't say that. To them that's almost painful because they can look at their history and say, we serve God, but our history is painful. And to tell us God loves us and we should smile through everything because of that rings hollow. That still creates a wall inside of them. As a matter of fact, what, what's been said is if you Google the term God loves you, it only comes up in Christian community. Not in Islamic, not in Hindu, not in Shinto, and not in Jewish communities. We're the only community that believes God loves all. Did you know that? It's true. And so our business is to break down walls that don't believe that. That love is available. That it's freely given regardless of circumstance. And to realize we're all one in Jesus Christ. We know this, but we still sometimes have conflict. And not all people want to sit at that table with us. I shared a, a, a message one time, many years ago, how God broke down the wall so that we have no excuse but to love as He asked us to do in Jesus Christ in John 13. And there was a couple there that were struggling. A lot of struggles in their marriage and issues that were really putting them on the brink of ending their marriage of many years. And I spoke the message and said, there's no excuse for us not to love. And I went into it deeper than that. But I basically said, it doesn't matter what the other person says or does. Our command isn't to love them if they do. Our command is to love regardless. Regardless love. To have mercy and to forgive. Not everybody's going to sit at that table, but if we sit at that table first and we extend that because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, this world can change. 
The wall between people can break down. It's why the Jewish community no longer sees us as outsiders of the kingdom, but has given us an honorable stipulation of the Noahic covenant. Because Jesus Christ softens the heart of a community that once felt isolated and preferred. Listen, anything we do that creates conflict or doesn't break walls down leaves us isolated and preferred in our mind. But the scripture says prefer one another over ourselves. And I pray today that if there's anything that's keeping you from loving somebody or a struggle that you just can't get past or a forgiveness you can't offer, that that will fall today. Because it will not bring you peace to keep that wall up. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you in Jesus Christ that He came to tear down walls. And we celebrate that this season He came and loved us completely even when we built a wall between us. And thank you for that. That we could have hope and be a people of God. And by your blood you brought us near to you and drew us all as one together. Thank you for that. Help us now to remove the restrictions in us. I pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen.